0: In a few moments, we'll be reading from uh, Genesis three, and where we connect our lives to the biblical story to the fall into sin. Before we do that, I just want to talk a little bit about Ritter, because our church is involved in the Ritter Church renewal journey, and some are becoming more and more aware of it, and others are still confused, and that's all OK. The Ritter Church Renewal Journey begins with a small group. It begins with individuals. But the information and the transformation, how we can live our lives missionally, eventually trickles down to the rest of the congregation. It does take time. And part of this Ritter Journey requires those of us in the group to go back to our beginnings and map out our story from birth to present. We basically had to create a timeline of our life events and how we viewed those life events. And we heard Michelle and Tanya share over the last month or two, and how God used these events to shape our lives. How people are interacted, in, how people interact with us, and connect into our lives as well. We basically had to relook at our own story and be reminded what God is calling each of us today. Part of this message to keep a long explanation somewhat short. The reason for taking our life story is because God God will use our life events. He will use them to shape us, to teach us, to equip us. And from these events, values and convictions will rise up in our lives and will shape our behavior and the decisions that we make in the present and in the future. So, how I viewed an event maybe 10, 20, maybe 40 years ago could very well have an impact on my decisions and my behaviors today, either positively or negatively. So how we behave today often has to do with past experiences and how we viewed things at the time of that experience. Now, God is in control. His Holy Spirit is involved in our life, and yet we or other people can often get in the way and we create our own realities. We create our own understanding. And again, these understandings can be in line with God's Word, but other times there may be some distortions because we live in a broken and sin-filled world. And we ourselves are sinners. And we're looking at things in life from sin-stained lenses and often not living, of course, the full potential that God calls us to, that God desires. So it's important to see how certain events shape our lives. And it's also very important to see how biblical events have shaped our way of thinking and how biblical events have shaped our lives. How you view creation, how you view sin, this will shape how you view the world and how you view yourself in this world, how you view God. And that's why our Living Small Groups have tied some of the Ritter material into the preaching series and into the small group discussions, it's about sharing our stories and where we see ourselves in God's story. And as we continue our series followed by followed the following the book by Kevin Adams titled The Book That Understands You, we continue to follow the story line from the actual book that understands you God's Word, the Bible. We continue to seek understanding of where we fit into God's story and the purpose that he has for each of us. So a quick recap from last week. We started in the beginning with the creation of humanity from Genesis 1 and 2. We're reminded how God initiated this story and God is the subject of the story. How God created, God said, and it came to be. God is the active god is active in creation and in our lives but god also gave us roles in this story and god blessed humanity he created male and female as image bearers as image bearers we have god's imprint upon us meaning that we have been made with the knowledge of god in us we have been made rulers and stewards of the earth we've been created in relationship with god Just as he is in relationship with the Trinity, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, we are created to love God, our triune God, and to love one another. And so we continue the journey, and we continue the story. And soon after the story of creation, we get the story of what's called the fall into sin. In Genesis 3, we get the greatest tragedy of all centuries in all human history. The blame game began, and sin and misery entered into the world. So before we read from Genesis 3, let's come to God in prayer. Lord God, we thank you for this time, for this opportunity to freely hear from your word and the proclamation of your word. We thank you for your word and the story of how you've created this world in each of us. And even though our fall into sin, you call us back to you. So we thank you, Lord, for the gospel message and for your grace, your love, for soaking us with your amazing grace. Bless us as we hear from your word and pour out your Holy Spirit upon us during this time. In Jesus' name, amen. So Genesis 3. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from that tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And the man said, The woman you put, me, put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you've done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate it. So the Lord God said to The serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly, you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmities between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers, and he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. To the woman he said, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. With painful labor you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. because she would become the mother of all living. And the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. And the Lord God said, The man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So the Lord God banished him from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. And after he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. Thanks be to God for His Word. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I wonder why God just didn't treat us like one of those etch a sketch toys. Because with an etch a sketch, you can create anything you want, and if you like what you created, you could probably just keep it for a while. But if you don't like it, you give it a good shake. And you simply start over after a mess might have been created. God could have just given this world a good shake. He only had to get rid of a couple people in creation and just start over. But he didn't. Through the act of keeping his world and the continuation of the story, we learn more about God. We learn that God cared about his creation, God cared about his people, and he desires for the story to continue. So just as the creation story includes each of us and impacts each of us, so does the story of the fall. So in this morning's story in Genesis 3, we're introduced to Satan. And we don't know a lot about the origin of Satan. And again, we can speculate all we want. But what is important is that Satan is real, that he is in this world, that he's an enemy, he's dangerous, and he's deceiving. John 8, 44, Jesus calls Satan a murderer and a father of all lies. Satan took the command of God and he put it into a question to Eve. Did God really say that you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Yes, Satan tempted Eve, and this, of course, created doubt in the mind of Eve. Satan is the deceiver, but both Adam and Eve were the ones that chose to not listen to God. They're the ones that ate from the fruit of the tree. The temptation was there, but that was not the sin. Humanity chose to give in to the lies of the great tempter, to Satan, rather than listen to the commands of God, their creator humanity disobeyed god as a result sin entered into the world as a result sin is real in this world what was once described as very good has now turned into something very bad in genesis 1 the creator gave the creation to humanity to rule to be stewards all this to give glory to the creator to worship the creator But what happens is that humanity turns their worship away from the Creator God, turns their worship and desires towards the creation and inwardly to themselves. So we choose to give ourselves the glory and we turn away from our Creator God. And sin is not the way it's supposed to be. Sin is destructive, it leads to death. Romans 5, verse 12, we read, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way, death came to all people because all sinned. Sin can be categorized into two kinds. Often we refer to as original sin and, and the actual sin. And the original sin is what originally occurred in the garden of eden and led to the death of adam and eve and to the death of all their descendants and the actual sins are the sins that are just part of our everyday life we sin each day through our thoughts our words our actions that are done and our actions that are left undone we're sinners sinning each and every day and scripture is clear That since Adam sinned and he was the representative of the human race, we are all guilty of the original sin. And we are guilty of our everyday actual sins. And instead of blaming that he or she made me do it, or the devil made me do it, we have to take responsibility for our sins. And there are no loopholes. We are sinners. And we deserve punishment. So in this passage we read that the serpent the deceiver was cursed the earth was cursed and Adam was punished with painful work on this earth Eve was punished with childbearing pains and then death came on account of sin You see sin has consequences and we have to take responsibility of our sins Now, when I was looking for an image for the Etch-a-Sketch, I came across another image, and that image stated, Etch-a-Sketch is a lot like politics. There's a lot of gray area. I'm not going to get into politics, let alone the U.S. stuff. But we tend to like gray, gray area in life. And, you know, as an accountant, part of my role was to understand the laws and to find gray areas that were legitimate and within the law. In taxation and in politics, yes, there, will, there are always allowable gray areas. But when it comes to sin, we can try to blame someone else. We can say that it was all Adam and Eve's fault, and we can blame the devil. We try to find excuses and ways around our sins. But on our own, there's no way out. There are no gray areas. Sin is black, Sin is an irreversible act on the part of humanity. There was nothing that humanity could possibly have done to correct the situation. Humanity didn't have an opportunity to undo what had been done. We're unable to reverse what was messed up. What began as a life of perfect relationship with God and with one another in the Garden of Eden quickly turned into a distorted relationship and then a banning from the Garden of Eden. Eve made a decision to forget the command of the Lord and to follow the temptation of Satan. And still today, we have to ask ourselves, who are we going to follow? Satan or Jesus? Are we going to follow the things of the world or the kingdom of God? Because there's no gray areas when it comes to following Jesus. We either do or we don't. But yet, there is sin in our life. And actually, Scripture states that our inclination is toward evil. Genesis 6, 5. The Reformed Confessions, Heidelberg Catechism, states that our natural tendency is to hate God and to hate our neighbor. What did Adam and Eve do when they realized they had sinned? Well, shame, guilt, and fear came upon them, and they wanted to hide from God. It's like kind of like both parties where, you know how you, two parties are walking down the street toward each other and Adam and Eve see God coming and, and then they see Him coming down the sidewalk and they quickly move to the other side of the street to avoid Him. They totally tried to avoid God. They tried to hide from Him. Sin entered into the world and resulted in a life that was not the way it's supposed to be. Evangelist Billy Sunday says sinners can't find God for the reason for the same the reason, reason that criminals can't find policemen they aren't looking our natural tendency will be to run from God our natural tendency that new sinful normal will be to hate God and to hate our neighbor this is all deep stuff this is heavy But thankfully, God did not change. As we say, God continued to love his creation, to love his people. He did not ignore us. As Jesus states in Luke 19, verse 10, the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. If it were up to us, we would keep crossing the street every time we came across God and we'd ignore God. But thank goodness it's not up to us. And God continues to be in control. And he runs after us. He continues to initiate his grace. He continues to initiate his promises to us. Humanity was punished at the fall, but the eternal punishment was not put onto us. And we have an opportunity to accept God's grace and forgiveness for all our sins. So here we are again included in the continuation of the story. The story, again, is that God created the world perfect, but humanity fell into sin. And instead of writing the world and humanity off, God desired to restore what was wrecked. God desired to redeem his people, to redeem the world, to restore the world to what it was. As Kevin Adams states in his book, That divine surprise becomes the rest of the story. The story doesn't end with our sin. There are no gray areas, but all is not black either. God's word to Satan is the first gospel message. I will put enmity between you and the woman between your offspring and hers and he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. And it's a powerful gospel message because God is promising a redeemer. He is promising a solution to the problem only that he can fix. And listen to what's going on in this one sentence because God is also declaring war against the devil. And to those who follow the ways of the devil, the ways of the world. God is providing also hope to humanity through the promise of a Savior, a Redeemer. And God is also forgiving Eve. Yes, she was tempted. She sinned. She took the fruit. But God forgives her. Because the Savior will be coming from her offspring. Humanity has fallen. There are consequences. But immediately, God puts a plan into place. And immediately, he reinstates the purposes of humanity. Out of grace, God includes Adam and Eve into his plans. And he desires to include you into his plans. God created us perfect. We fell into sin. And thankfully, God did not give up on his image bearers. Sin has not changed the fact that we are made in God's image. The image has become distorted. Our stories become messy. The relationship with God has been broken. But as His image bears, that sense of divine remains in us. And God has promised that He would redeem His people. We still have value. We still have purpose. He redeems and restores the relationship through Jesus Christ. This is a powerful statement from Genesis 3. New Testament, Ephesians 2, verses 1 to 3, we read, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work and those who are disobedient. All of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts, and like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Doom and gloom, it sounds. Without God, this is what we are, in the dark, deserving wrath. But the story doesn't end there. In Ephesians 2, verses 4 to 5, the story continues. And these are powerful words. And maybe we can read these words together. And some of the pronouns has been changed. But let's read this together. But because of His great love for me, God, who is rich in mercy made me alive with Christ even when I was dead in transgressions. It is by grace I have been saved. God has sent His one and only Son to die on the cross for you, to take our sins upon Him, all our sins, the original sins, the actual sins, the sins of the past, present, and future. They've all been put onto Jesus Christ and we have been cleansed and made white as snow. God has taken that hose and he soaked us with his grace. Removed the mess. If we acknowledge that we're guilty of sin through the one man, Adam, we can also acknowledge that we receive forgiveness and grace through a more powerful man, Jesus Christ. That's God's amazing grace through the power of the cross, through the power of his resurrection. Satan doesn't win. Jesus wins. God initiates his grace and his love. And God comes to us and desires to restore our relationship with him through his one and only son, Jesus Christ. So how are you going to respond? Are you going to acknowledge your brokenness? Are you going to acknowledge your sins? Because when we acknowledge our part in the story of sin, we also acknowledge our part in the story of grace. We read in Romans 3, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of His blood to be received by faith. Are you responding with faith in Jesus Christ? as your Lord and your Savior. Romans 5.15 For if the many died by the trespass of the one man, Adam, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? God did not ignore humanity. He overflows His grace into our lives. So may you accept your responsibility when it comes to your sins and accept the promise of God and His amazing grace Through His Son Jesus Christ in faith, there are no gray areas, but there is white, and our sins are cleansed, white as snow. And we may may we partner with God in His kingdom, bringing others to know Jesus. We have the Spirit of God within us, and through God's grace, we're called to be obedient to Him and to His will for our lives. Thanks be to God for His amazing grace. And that we continue to be included in his story because of Jesus. And together we say, Amen. Let's pray. Lord, even in the tragic stories in Scripture and in our lives, you continue to be evident and continue to be at work. And we thank you for reaching out to your people we thank you for saving us from all our sins we thank you for your son Jesus who came to seek and to save the lost who came for us through the power of your Holy Spirit work in us to see ourselves in this story work in us not to place blame but to accept that we are sinners and that we are in need of your help and that we cannot do things on our own we thank you for your saving grace and that you can do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine according to the power that is at work within us Help us to receive your grace in faith and in love. We praise you and we bless you. In the name of Jesus, amen.